Welcome back to the Retro Craftacular Podcast, where each month we continue our search for the best bad movies on the planet Earth. I am your host, Aaron, and I am joined, as always, by Matt. Hello, Aaron. Hello, Matt. How's it going? Oh, it's... I am so good. So, so good. Do you want to know why? I do. I do want to know why. Why are you so good, Aaron? Uh, because it's only supposed to hit 27 degrees today. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. As opposed to the 46 degrees or whatever it hit last week. Yeah, it's horrifying what's been going on over there in BC. We set a new record uh, for heat in in Canada. 46.6 degrees uh, in in Lytton, BC. And shortly afterwards, the entire town burned to the ground. Yep. Uh, So... (laughs) That's Horrifying. not. I shouldn't laugh. That's not a joke. Literally, the entire town burned to the ground. Yeah, we uh, laugh because we don't know how to react to that kind of information. E- e- like yeah. literally, the earth got too hot that a city died. Yeah, in f- in flame. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh oh, it's, it's inevitable so... heat death of the world. <laughs> yeah. So, um, there's a bunch of charities that you can donate to if you feel so inclined to to support uh, the people of Lytton. Uh, I think yeah. the Red Cross is doing a lot of stuff. So, yeah, For sure. yeah, go do that. That if Entire you have the means needs help. to do that, yeah, please, absolutely do. Um, yeah, <laughs> can't can't really complain, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it was hot. Yeah, it was uncomfortable, but you know, I still have my house. Mm-hmm. So legit. Whew, where do we where do we take the podcast from here, Aaron? <laughs> really started um, off on a particular note. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so we had a heat wave, that's fun. Usually you're the one complaining about heat, but we literally set a heat record, so you can't even, you can't even yeah. be like, well, no. actually in Ontario, it's hotter than the devil's anus, um, which it but usually I mean, is. Yeah, I mean, usually, but it's, <laughs> right, I think today we're like on par with okay with heat. Okay. Yeah. Like, well, like where, where, what we were, like in the 40s? Or like no no like today our weather our max is about the same. Oh okay sick, that's yeah. good then. That's you can, yeah, yeah. It's weird after experiencing that level of heat. It's like I'm like nothing feels hot anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm really interested to. Well, I'm gonna be coming back to BC. Spoiler alert. Yeah yeah He's yeah. Coming back. Hell coming yeah. Coming back. Um, and I'm really interested to see. If my thoughts on summer change, because I've always hated summer, but now yeah. I've experienced Ontario summer, and it's way worse. Yeah, it, Ontario summer sucks, man. <laughs> it's like being out in the desert, just smothered by a wet blanket, and the yeah, wet like blanket it's almost, is fresh rather... from like like an oven. Yeah, like I'd almost rather be in the desert because at least in the desert, it's you're dry. Yes, the dry is the good part. <laughs> Ontario was um, so moist. Yeah, that was the one nice thing about our heat wave is we actually didn't hit like too high on the humidity. Like you'd step outside your house and it'd be like a wall of heat. Mm-hmm. It's like like the way I could explain to people is like you know when you're like baking like a lasagna or something and you open your oven to look at it and that wall of heat hits you. It's like that, <laughs> except the earth is the oven. <laughs> yeah, the earth is the oven and you are the lasagna. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, it was crazy. You'd like step outside your house. Like I stepped outside to, uh, you know, have a little puff on my vape at about 1030 at night. As you do? Yeah, I got a little weed pen that I use sometimes. Uh, especially when it was hot, I needed help sleeping. Oh, fair. Yeah. Hit the hit the weed pen a little bit. Uh, and yeah, it was like you step outside and it's like, oh, no, it's like it's still fully warm out here. Yeah. And the only other place on this earth that I've experienced that is Las Vegas. <sighs> right. <laughs> Which Jeez. is a city in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Man, that's, <laughs> that's the only other brutal. place I've experienced that. Yeah. <sighs> but it was a good excuse to say stay inside and watch a lot of movies. So that's what I did. Hell yeah. What kind of movies you watch, bud? Oh, what a segue. Do you see that? You nailed it. Smooth mm. as butter. I love it how anytime any one of us does a decent segue on the show, we immediately we point it, it out. <laughs> which, yeah, it does ruin it. But at yeah. least, you know, at least we're we're celebrating our victories. That's important. Exactly. No one, no one's going to celebrate you except you. That's sad. So what did you watch? Keep that, keep that crown pointed up, king. Uh, I watched... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I watched uh, Bo Burnham's new Netflix special, Inside. Oh, I still haven't seen that. It's been recommended to me by so many people. It is really, 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 really fucking good. Oh, man. For, like, a number of reasons. Like, I've been, like, a somewhat fan of Bo Burnham. Okay. Uh I was probably late to the game. Like, I didn't start watching him when he was on YouTube and stuff like that because I was, like, not not a teenage girl, which, like, seemed to be his primary audience when he started his career. Oh, is um, he cute? He's cute, and he sings little funny songs, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's a little, a little offbeat. Um, Sounds uh, right up my alley. Plus, he, st- he started doing it when he was, like, you know, 16. So, he was, like, in their age range. So, he was, like, you know, attain- oh. a- an attainable crush, kind of, in a way. Um, oh. All right. I think was the was the thinking behind that. Uh, but, yeah. So, I, I, I kind of got into him a bit later once he started uh, doing his Netflix specials. Cool. Um, and I've enjoyed most of those. But, like, I'm not really, like, a huge comedy song kind of guy like I don't get me wrong I used to love Weird Al when I was a kid but like I don't you know I haven't thrown on uh just eat it in in a, in a dog's <laughs> age so I think it's a lot harder to appreciate that medium when you are a musician to be honest really you think that's what it is I that's what I found too where I'm like like there's there's nothing funny about this chord progression like this is a uninteresting pop chord progression what the words that you're saying is funny but the music doesn't interest me and like that takes away from the performance for me that's that's how i have often seen those um like sometimes it is funny especially when the music is just kind of background like uh it was a dimitri martin i think has done some stuff where he is just kind of playing a guitar while saying jokes um but i found that a lot of the time yeah i'm like if i'm a musician then i'm picking apart the music aspect of it as much as like the words and then that that takes away from the joke fair enough i i haven't noticed that so much for me i just think like it's so much harder to hit a joke when you're also so you got to write a punchline, 
then you've also got to write like a catchy melody and then you've also got to write um and then you also have to like you know fit it into your um rhyme scheme uh time signature whatever you've you know set out for yourself it's like right. there's like so many things working against you that like if one of them doesn't work it can it can throw off the um it can throw off the joke for me yeah it is a, it is a tricky bag of soup yeah where it's like i get what you're doing and if you did this bit like as a stand-up bit it might work a little bit better but because you're trying to work it into a rhythm and a rhyme scheme and all that kind of stuff, it just it, it doesn't always hit home. But in this special in particular, I found a lot of the songs are really well constructed, really well uh, written. Um, and like some of them just have some like fucking banging beats behind them, man. Nice. Okay. Like, I've just been like walking around my house for the last like two weeks just like coming to myself it's like ceo entrepreneur born in 1964 jeffrey jeffrey bezos just just singing the jeff bezos song cool to myself because <laughs> he wrote a fucking like disco anthem about the ceo of amazon <laughs> all right um this sounds awesome it's it's really good my favorite song i think is problematic hmm uh, which is a song that where he basically makes apologies for all of the. It's basically him trying to like preempt cancel culture, <laughs> oh. in a way I think. Where he's like, "Look, I started doing comedy when I was like sixteen, living in suburban Massachusetts, and only talked to white people." Mm. You know, like that's when I started doing comedy. Like, of course, I said some offensive, off-brand, you know, off-color shit. Like I'm, I'm really sorry. I don't like feel that way now. <laughs> um, but he does it as like an '80s like techno power anthem, <laughs> complete with whip cracks and lion roars, and it's so oh. funny. It's so good. Um, yeah. And then the other amazing thing is he he films it all himself. It's all in his like little like carriage house. Which is like one room. He's got he does all the lighting himself, all the camera work himself, uh, wrote and recorded all the songs himself in that space. Man. Um Yeah, it's it's so good. Uh he he did all the editing himself too, which there's a couple part parts where he's talking about, you know, he's been working on the special for almost a year and he's like really starting to feel it, and he's like having like a mental breakdown, and I'm like I remember watching it being like he better be editing this himself too, because if he's having a fucking mental breakdown and he doesn't have to edit all this shit, like that's not <laughs> like, buddy, you don't even know. You don't even know what mental trauma is <laughs> until you've had to edit a full length, you shoot and edit a full length thing all by yourself. <laughs> yeah, geez, that's your bread and butter, hey? <laughs> yes, yes. Oof, but man, yeah, that sounds that sounds next level interesting. I'm, it's super cool I really and see it. Yeah, and then like also as like a fan of like the filmmaking process, it's like it is almost its own behind the scenes thing. Hmm. Cuz like you can see where he's got like the little remote for his light board to like switch lights that he just has in his pocket and he just like slips it in and out of his pocket every now and then or sometimes hmm. he's literally just like holding a light like against his hip and then he'll like 
flash it off, you know, off the back wall and like cover it up on his hip again to like get little like strobing effects going on. And yeah, cool. or he'll just have his reference monitor in the shot. <laughs> so you can like see him looking at himself, looking at himself in a continuous loop forever Ooh. and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it, it's really cool. Um, that's what I've been watching. Nice. From home. One of the things, uh, what about you? Do you see anything cool? Yeah, well, I've been lately interested in two different shows. Both of them are one name titles, and both of them start with the letter L. Can you guess these shows? Loki. Loki is definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I think I'm I'm one episode behind on Loki, but. I'm finding it really interesting. It is pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I've also been watching Loki. It's wacky and weird, and I feel like... Well, first of all, uh, uh, Owen Wilson is really interesting in his role. Yeah. (laughs) Most of the time when I see Owen Wilson, he's playing Owen Wilson. And -hmm. he does that well. But in this, there's, there's a part of me that's like, I'm starting to not see Owen Wilson. I'm starting to see the character that he's playing. And I'm like, oh, this is... That's different for me. I usually just see Owen Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I think the only other movie that I can think of that I've seen that happen in is um, The Life Aquatic. Ooh, yes. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely interested in seeing where that goes. Weird, yeah, I'm, wacky I'm also time travel a, show. Yeah, I'm also an episode behind on, on Loki because I fell asleep during the last episode, so I gotta go back and rewatch oh, it. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I woke we'll, up like we'll have the... a whole spiel about that when the the whole seasons air. Yeah. I'm sure. I like woke up during the last scene and I'm like, oh, I don't know what what's happening at all right now, but it <laughs> seems like a lot happened. I got to go back. You just wake up and everything is blowing up. <laughs> kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, That's cool. Uh, what, what's the other show? Well, the other show, um, uh, which recently aired its second season, so I got to binge one and two together. And that is the Netflix series Lupin. Lupin? I don't know what that is. Actually, we're Canadian, so it should be Lupin. Lupin. <laughs> uh, Lupin is a uh, French series um, that oh, is like yes. about... It's like... Uh, not about or based on, but like influenced by uh, the the book series about Ars- Arsène. I'm going to say this wrong. Obviously, Arsène Lupin, who is the gentleman burglar. Mm, okay. Um. Yeah. Super interesting series. There's a lot of like cool heist stuff. Um. And if you are interested in watching it, definitely watch it in its original French. Um. I say this about all like Netflix shows. Um, watch them in their original language. The dubbing is usually really bad. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah. I remember yeah. starting to watch Dark um, in the English dubbing. It's the German show. Um, and it was just so bad. We almost stopped watching it. And then I realized that we're like, oh, wait, no, this is originally in German. We should just watch it in German. And then it was a really, really cool show. Yeah, it's weird. For for live action, I usually will t- tend to try and watch something in its original language if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but for animation, I, I usually go to the dubs. Animation can be a lot more forgiving. Um, not yeah, only you don't need in... to worry about lip, lip sync as much. Yeah, 
but then also like i don't know there's i don't know it's just, it's just typically better <laughs> yeah voiceover for animation is typically a higher quality i don't know i, think, I don't I think really so. know why um like when we when we watched uh, Death Note, we had started watching it in in Japanese, and then uh, one day we were like watching it while we were eating dinner, and so I was like constantly like looking down at my food, and I feel like oh, looked back right. up, and I was like, oh, let's just throw on the English dub for this episode, and then we did, and it was fine, and we just kept it on for the rest of the series. <laughs> <We> never... <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the downside of watching subtitled stuff is it's really hard to eat and watch at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. cool. Okay. Lupin. Lupin. Yeah. Super cool show. Really interesting. I nice. enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. I, I have heard about that, actually. I've heard some good things about that. Well, that's cool. Um, I went to the movies for the first time in Whoa. over a year. Oh, you went to the theaters? Yeah, because theaters are open here in BC. Thank God. Um, oh, man. Yeah. So, I, I've actually I've been to the theater twice. I've seen three movies uh, so you saw two one of the times that you went? <laughs> yeah, at the same time. No. <laughs> <laughs> Theaters um, have changed. We did a we did a double feature. Me and my partner went. Uh, that was like our date night one week. Was we did a double feature because we were oh. both so excited that movies were were open. So we uh, we went and saw uh, a Quiet Place Part Two. Ooh, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I haven't seen it, obviously, but. I'm I'm really like I'm weirdly skeptical about it but also really interested in it. I enjoyed it for the most part. It's not as good as the first one. Okay. Um still still very enjoyable. Um it's just there's something that happens during the finale that is so frustrating and it's just it's a filmmaking choice and they do it to try and build tension uh and i understand what they're going for just the way they did it was very very poor and there's a very simple way to make it not be that oh shoot um so that's about all i can say without spoiling anything cool that works for me. Um, I mean, like, I never expected expected it to be as good as the first one, for sure. But, uh, yeah, if you enjoyed it for the most part, I'll probably get around to watching it. Oh, yeah, I'd never say don't watch it. Like, I'd say if you if you enjoyed the first one, definitely watch it. Sweet. Um, but just, yeah, know that it won't be as good as the first one. Sweet. And, and a lot of that, I think revolves around the fact that uh john krasinski isn't in it mm-hmm. uh, he appears in some flashbacks um but i assumed that'd be the case yeah yeah um but yeah uh killian murphy does a really good job of kind of stepping in and filling that type of role um he plays an old family friend that they um they run into when they have to leave their homestead because of what happened at the end of the first movie. All right, cool. I like Killian Murphy. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, and then the other, so I saw that and then, uh, that was the first movie we saw. And then the second feature we did that night was the, um, Chris Rock, Samuel L. Jackson saw movie 
Spiral. What the fuck? Have you not heard about this? No. What? Okay, so it turns out Chris Rock is a huge horror movie fan, and he loved the Saw movies. <laughs> and okay. so he met the producer, I guess, at a party or something. Um, and was like, "Hey, man, I you know, got I'd love to, you know, get out of doing comedic stuff. I haven't done a movie in a long time. I'd love to get into like the horror world." And they're like, "Excellent, funny people doing horror. We love it." Jordan Peele, anybody? Yes, let's let's make it happen. Uh, so they got uh, Darren Lynn Boseman to direct it, who directed Saw two, three, and four, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so he came in to direct it, and it's this movie set in uh there's like a, a jigsaw copycat killer because like spoiler alert for the saw franchise jigsaw dies in saw three and then they made four more mo- five more movies six if you count this one. Oh, <laughs> so like oh i'm not gonna bother asking i don't care we can do a deep dive on the saw franchise one day if you want cool we'll do a patreon exclusive all about saw <laughs> i'll just explain it to you <laughs> You don't even have to watch it. Oh, perfect. I would love to not watch those. <laughs> the first one is great. All of the other ones suck. This is probably the best Classic. one since the first one. Um, uh, yeah, so like Chris Rock plays a cop. who's uh, He's the only good cop on the force. He can't trust anybody because he's a good cop and you're all bad cops. And I fucking hate all of you bad, dirty, piece of shit cops. Um, all right. And then uh, there's a jigsaw copycat killer that's out there killing cops. Mm. Um. Yeah. So that's kind of what that uh, that thing is about, and it's pretty good. It, ha- it definitely has like um, vibes of like Seven. If you've ever seen Seven, the oh, Fincher movie with yes, the, yeah, it's got a similar color palette, similar kind of, you know, everyone's sweating. They got the armpits sweat. They got the neck sweat going on. Everyone's just sweaty all the time. The whole movie's kind of golden orange. Oh, good. It's like dripping sweat constantly, and then there's like their cops finding horrific murders. I love a good wet orange movie. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And then uh, the third movie I saw was my <laughs> my partner's grandma uh, dragged us to see F9 the Fast and Furious 9 oh the Fast boy. Saga whatever it's called the movie's called F9 and this this grandmother is a is a big Fast and Furious fan apparently cool <laughs> and let me tell you it is one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my entire life Ooh. it is it is two and a half hours long and Ooh. it does not need to be it could be a lean 85 minutes <laughs> Oh boy, um, but I assume you'll never watch it. So, nope. We're cool. gonna go so, ahead and spoil that. I'm gonna spoil. They do one thing that they should have done like four movies ago, probably, and that is they, they just finally... kill all the characters. No, that would be amazing <laughs> uh, because they're doing two more. Oh boy, there's gonna be eleven movies in this fucking franchise, and then it'll stay dead for three years, and then Vin Diesel will realize he needs to get paid again, and then they'll do another one. Um. <laughs> Oh no. They finally take a car to space. To space, space car. You and knew not it was just coming. any car. Not just any car. A Pontiac Fiero. <laughs> okay. 
Ludacris and Tyrese Gibson uh, put on like Jules Verne Twenty Thousand League Under the Sea style scuba suits, get in a Pontiac Fiero with a giant rocket attached to it, and blast off into the stratosphere to take out an evil satellite. Oh my! Like yeah. what you've just described to me <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is that comes at about two hours and fifteen minutes into the movie. Ah, and no. it's o- and there's only about like four minutes of screen time of them actually in space. Nah, bummer. But they did the joke, which is you know you see the ISS and there's some astronauts and they're like, uh, Houston, we're uh, we're seeing something, uh, you know. Uh, that we, uh, you know, can't really quite explain. Like, sh- copy that. What do you guys see? And it's like, well, it appears to be a Pontiac Fiero. <laughs> and yeah, so they did. They did that joke, which is like, good for you. That's the joke that you have to do. But fuck, man. Uh, <laughs> trim, <laughs> trim an hour out of the movie, please. Oh boy. Well, that's too bad. And they're still they're still trying to work around the fact that Paul Walker is dead in real life, but his character is still alive and married to one of the main characters, and so Ooh, that's complicated. Yeah. So it's like, oh, where what about your kids? Where it's like, don't worry, they're with Brian. He's he's keeping them safe. It's the safest place he can be. It's like, oh, okay, cool. So Vin Diesel's sister is gonna come along on the incredibly dangerous mission. Uh, to stop the international cyber terrorist. Uh, but the guy who's like a, a former cop, he, he's, he's going he's gonna to stay home with the kids. Yep. And, and like, no offense to his sister, like she's a good driver and everything, but like, you know, she, she, she worked behind the counter at the garage and, I mean, yeah, she knows how to fix cars and stuff, but it's like, it just doesn't make sense in my mind where it's like, why, why wouldn't you either both come or both not come? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I guess you can't make sense of F9. You really can't. Um, <laughs> these, these movies are fucking terrible. Uh, yeah, there's, I think there's like three, three good ones, maybe four. Cool. I'm gonna say three and a half. <laughs> I'm probably never gonna watch any of them. Uh, just watch the fifth one. Maybe. Just watch the fifth one as a standalone action movie. It's pretty good. Okay, maybe maybe when I'm back, we'll watch it together. That sounds that sounds like a good idea. Actually, we should do that. Uh, oh, I did on your recommendation. Uh, watch Cruella. Oh, how was that for you? Uh, pretty enjoyable actually. Right. That's- yeah. It was fun and interesting, and like the costumes are crazy. Oh yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I can smell an Academy Award. They're going <laughs> for it. Oh, there it is. Yep. <laughs> the uh, the moth dress was a, a particularly nice touch. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like I wasn't like blown away by it or anything, but it was it was very enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really fun, really enjoyable, but I was still really shocked when you told me that they were planning on making a sequel. <laughs> Which I guess is just going to be 101 Dalmatians? 
Yeah, well, like, what? <laughs> Which is, like, okay, what's, what is the plot of 101 Dalmatians? Because I, I know I've seen it maybe once and I, I, when I was a child. I did not retain it at all. The plot of 101 Dalmatians. Cruella wants a coat made out of Dalmatian. But one Dalmatian doesn't get you much. Right. And so... I'm trying to remember why she wants puppies because she does go after puppies very specifically. Uh, but yeah, Carilla knows them and they're she comes softer. and like she maybe they're down fur. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. They're puppy fuzz. She wants a she wants a puppy fuzz coat. Um, and I think she offers to like buy some of the puppies because, um, like Pongo and. Ooh, it's been too long. They have a litter of puppies. Big old, big old litter of puppies. Um, yeah. And Krilla totally wants them. And she's like, no, we're not giving you our puppies. And so she sends Jasper and Horace over to steal them. And Jasper and Horace have also stolen a bunch of other Dalmatian puppies. And they're holed up in their mansion with what is 101 Dalmatians. Um, and I think... Either the humans okay. just don't know what's going on or they're incompetent, but the dogs need to go on an adventure um, using their dog connections to go rescue not only their children, but, you know, 90 other puppies that are in danger. Right. Okay. And so it's, it's, it's basically puppies, but like um, the great escape. Right. Okay. So it is. It is just the Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns wants a, a, a greyhound for a tuxedo. Yeah. I yeah, mean okay. that's the yeah. that's that's where they stole it from. Okay. <laughs> cool. That's the nice thing about the Simpsons is eventually you become aware of like everything in pop culture just like sec <laughs> through second hand. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. Cool. Does she sing a song about? Wanting a coat? Like like the See My Vest song? Uh, no. That's that's spoofing vest. something see else. Made from real gorilla's chest. See the that's, sweater. There's that's no obviously vest. a spoof of Be My Guest. I don't know why you asked me that. See this hat. Twas my cat. My <laughs> evening wear vampire bat. These white slippers are albino. African endangered rhino. Grizzly bear underwear. Turtles next. I've got my share. All right. I could do the whole song if you want. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to stop you. <laughs> Beret of poodle on my needle, it shall rest. Try my red robin suit, it comes one breast or two. See my vest, see my vest, see my vest. And, you know, loafers, former gophers. And yeah. Anyways. Um, cool. Wow. Well, should we get into the main event? Speaking of psychos. Perfect, perfect segue. <laughs> We watched a sequel to a classic film. Always a risk when you make a sequel to a classic film like this, but hey, if it worked for the Fast and the Furious franchise, why couldn't it work for Alfred Hitchcock? Oh. It's Psycho 2, baby. Baby. I have a potato. 
petition here signed by 743 people against Norman Bates' release. Madam, please sit down. This matter is being represented by the district attorney. Norman was not convicted of murder. He was found not guilty by reason of insanity. Don't you realize they're going to release a homicidal well, maniac? Ask you to sit down, Mrs. Loomis. It's all too obvious. Our courts protect the criminals, not their victims. Norman Bates is judged, restored to sanity, and is ordered released forthwith. It's 22 years later, and Norman Bates is coming home. I own a motel not too far from here, and you'd be welcome to spend the night in one of the empty rooms if you'd like. Good night, Mary. And he's back in business. Who is this? My mother is dead. I'm telling you, there was a note on that wheel from my dead mother. Norman, it couldn't be your mother. It had to be someone else. I trust her. She would never do anything to hurt me. She'll kill you. I know she will. No, I... I won't do that. You can't make me... kill her. 22 years later, Norman Bates is home. Psycho 2. It's starting again. So. So. Psycho 2. A yeah. sequel that came out 20-some-odd years after. Uh, well, let me... I have the Wikipedia here. Hold on. When when did Psycho came out? So, in 1960. This was 1983. So, 23 years after uh, the first film. The time was ripe. I guess. <laughs> I don't know... I don't know what inspired uh, the studio to pursue a sequel, um, but I know that the director, Richard Franklin, he's an Australian filmmaker. We have... Have we covered a Richard Franklin film on here before? I don't know. Um, I don't think he directed... No, he didn't direct um, Razorback. But we have done... Oh, no. I've seen Road Games, which is also... It's, it's a really good movie, by the way, Road Games. Uh, it's Ooh. basically a rear window, but set in a truck driving through the outback. Um, okay. Yeah. Anyways, um, Richard Franklin was like a, a student of Alfred Hitchcock. Um, he was like one of uh, Hitchcock's last sort of like protégés... Um, and he he actually like got uh, Hitchcock to come speak to his his film class when he was in film school. Um, oh wow! Yeah, uh, and and so he was a big and then sort of became a a mentee of of Alfred Hitchcock. Um, and and Psycho was his um, uh, uh, favorite film. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, so. 
his attempt to arrange a screening of Alfred Hitchcock's rope at USC resulted in a phone call from Hitchcock himself. Franklin invited Hitchcock to give a lecture at the university, and they subsequently became good friends. Wow. That's what it was, yeah. So he went to film school in America. He went to University of Southern California. Uh, and he was like a big Hitchcock devotee. And uh, I guess, yeah, when, once he got his break in America, he decided, yeah, you know, it's time. I'm going to make a sequel to Psycho. The perfect way to pay homage. Yeah. And I got to say, I think he did an all right job. Yeah. I don't know. What do you what are, what are your thoughts on the movie? Well, I mean, like ultimately, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and and go on the record that like we've started talking about it. We're doing the episode. I'm still not sure how I want to rate it. Ooh, okay. So we're gonna we're gonna Fair figure enough. out. I don't know how I feel uh, how I would rate it either. But yeah, we're gonna have to figure it out as we as we relive the experience. Um, yeah. So, I guess we should. Uh, walk our audience through the uh thriller that is psycho tomb yeah so let's uh let's before we do that before we start at the beginning i think we have to go back a little bit further than that (laughs) fuck you (laughs) (laughs) um i i hadn't seen the original psycho in a long time and so i uh decided to go give it a rewatch before watching the second one Mm. um ultimately proved to be unnecessary uh (laughs) i yeah yeah i I um, didn't and i felt fine with that <laughs> yeah so uh i the first time i ever saw psycho it was pretty great it was a 35 millimeter print screening uh at the empire 7 on granville in vancouver oh. don't look for it it's not there anymore oh, uh, on halloween on halloween even on halloween that's how what we, an experience that's how i spent my halloween when i was in first year film school i wasn't going to wicked parties or anything like that me and like a couple friends were like yeah we're gonna go see psycho in 35 mil that's awesome (laughs) that was the first time i had ever seen the movie so um really enjoyed it uh it's a film that like kicked off you know if uh if halloween is considered like the 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 father of modern slasher films then i guess psycho would be the grandfather right yeah because it it isn't quite a slasher film in fact the second half of the movie is, is rather boring. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, what happens in the first movie is Marion Crane uh, decides she's going to steal $40,000 from her boss one day. She just does it on a whim. He asks her to go deposit the money in the bank, and she's like, yep, totally. Gets in her car, starts driving. Her plan is she's going to meet up with her lover, uh, and, and, and they're going to start a new life together. And so she... You know, takes off driving uh, and eventually needs to stop at uh, a motel and ends up at the Bates Motel. Uh, and about half an hour, 40 minutes into the movie, uh, she's murdered by Norman Bates, who's dressed as his mother. And then the rest of the movie is like kind of a boring procedural uh, where <laughs> uh, her sister and her lover uh are are looking trying to find her uh they you know there's a private investigator that the boss has hired to try and recover the money and he goes looking for her and then he gets stabbed and falls down the stairs uh in one of the funniest uses of rear projection ever put on screen um, oh good basically him standing in front of a screen doing this as the camera like slowly moves down the stairs oh yes <laughs> love um, it it's it does not hold up today let me tell you. 
the the stair fall in in Psycho Two is much better. Uh, we'll we'll get to that, but yeah. yeah, and then basically they they find uh, Mrs. Bates's corpse in the basement, and Norman dressed as his mother, and they wrestle the knife out of his hand, and then there's a scene where a psychologist has to explain that no, he's He's not a a, a, a trans. Uh, they use the they use the term transsexual. It's not really a, a PG term or a PC term. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, to use these days, but that that's you know. Uh, uh, he he actually has a, a split personality, uh, and there's there's uh, him and his mother are are the two personalities that occupy Norman Bates's mind, and and um, you know the mother character. Or the mother part of his brain is, has been taking over his mind, and so then he's arrested and sentenced to, I guess, a psychiatric hospital or prison, uh, and that's where we meet up with him in Psycho Two. Yep. So Anthony Perkins is back as Norman Bates, and uh, Vera Miles is also back as uh, Lillian Crane, um, Marion's sister. Right, yeah. Um, and it starts with him being released from prison. He's been deemed mentally sane. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and, and and has been allowed to be released from prison. And so uh, that's where we catch up with old Norman Bates. Yep. And at that at that hearing too, um, uh Mary Marion what was her name Marion Crane uh Lillian Marion is uh is the one I who think died Lillian yeah she's the one that died uh let me just triple check that uh Lila sorry Lila Crane Lila yeah Lila is... Crane Loomis apparently actually so apparently she ended up marrying her sister's lover <laughs> Sam Loomis oh that's that's weird and it's not addressed at all in the movie <laughs> yeah no um yeah, she's there, like protesting it. She's got a like a petition with some like four hundred signatures saying that he should remain incarcerated. But of course, she is ignored. Yeah, and Norman goes free. Yeah, and uh, so basically, yeah, he gets a job. He gets set up with a job at a local diner. Being the <laughs> yeah, honestly, like. <laughs> I, I couldn't help but just kind of laugh. If someone had pitched, okay, we're going to do a Psycho sequel, right? But in this one, the He's Psycho murderer Norman Bates <laughs> is working in the back kitchen of a greasy spoon. Yeah, but then you get to... heads of lettuce. Yeah, but then you get to see that, sh- see that shot where the chef's like, uh, hey, chop some lettuce for me, will you, Norman? And then he, you know, goes and picks up the knife and he looks at it. He's like, oh, oh my... <laughs> the knife and then he starts chopping lettuce with it you know so you get to get that shot uh but at at the diner he meets a a young woman uh whose name is mary played by meg tilly uh and as he's leaving after his shift he overhears her having a big old fight with her boyfriend on the phone and offers to let her stay at the motel free of charge because mm-hmm. uh, it's like real nearby. Oh, I got yeah, I got a motel just around the corner here. You could come, I could give you a room on the house, blah blah blah. 
Uh, and she's, you know, first she's like, no, 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 it's all right. And finally he convinces her. And so they go back to the motel and uh, he pops in there. I guess this is the first time he's bothered to pop into the motel since he's been home. Um, yep. Because he finds uh, Dennis Franz running the motel. <laughs> Uh, people might remember Dennis Franz. As, he's been in like a million things. He's he's a, a very famous that guy. Mm. Uh, but he, I recognize him. Most people probably recognize him as the uh, chief of the airport police in Die Hard Two. <laughs> he's the one that uh, John McClane pushes over the desk and then shoots him a whole bunch with blanks. Uh, in the middle of a, a police bullpen in order to prove a point that the, the terrorists are all actually all, uh, or that the, the military guys are actually working with the terrorists. Hmm. And then all the cops draw their guns on him. And it's like, dude, John, there's a way easier way to make this point. You just pull the clip out and show them, hey, look, it's blanks. But no, like unload an entire clip full of blanks <laughs> in a room full of armed police officers who like, probably should gun you down before you have the chance to like stop firing the blank but anyways we're not talking about die hard 2 yeah die hard 2 is pretty good though by the way like everyone says like oh die hard sequels like no 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 christmas I, I, if i'm feeling it i'd definitely watch die hard but like if i'm really feeling it christmas eve i'll, I'll go for die hard 2 happily yeah fair as enough. well it's a good good flick um <laughs> but back to psycho 2 dennis franz is running the uh, the motel and he's basically turned it into a cheap sex motel. Oh, yeah. Which is, in my opinion, uh, just a regular motel. I mean, isn't that <laughs> kind of how it goes? Like, uh, Yes and no. It kind of depends on the motel. I guess. Some if it's a motel are... that's out in the middle of nowhere, it's definitely yes. what I assume. Yes. Uh, any motels along major trucking routes? Absolutely. Mm. Um, yeah. If you step into a motel and there's an hourly rate... Ooh. Keep keep on yep. hauling, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're gonna get crabs. Um, yeah, uh, some of the motels in in Hope, BC. Um, Ooh, we don't, we don't gotta name names. It's cool. Let's move on. No, no, I won't. <laughs> I won't say which motels. There's like twenty of them. Some of them are nice. Some of them have an hourly rate. Yep. It's a town at the intersection of three major highways. What do you expect? Uh, yep. So yeah, this was you know a motel off the beaten path, and so he's uh, you know he was appointed I guess by the hospital uh, to I guess the hospital was managing the Bates estate. Yeah, or like the the uh, government essentially. The government, yeah. Uh, so he was appointed by the hospital to run the motel, and so he turned it into a place where people could come and have dirty, cheap motel sex and do drugs and. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, you know. From a business standpoint, it 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 made money, you know, because he's a. They talk about in the first Psycho, you know, oh yeah, they put the they rerouted the highway. Uh, this used to run right past the main highway, and then they added the new. They rerouted the highway to a new highway, and now not a lot of people come along here. You know, that's why she pulls into the motel, and he's like, oh, we got twelve rooms and twelve vacancies. <laughs> um. But. Uh, yeah, so you know, not making a lot of money off the motel these days, but uh, yeah, he he's uh, he's adopted a new business model, um, which apparently is is financially viable, uh, and Norman takes offense to that. He uh, likes to murder women. He doesn't like people having uh, frivolous sex and doing narcotics in his motel. 
Yeah, that's murders, not okay. murders only. Yes, please and thank you. <laughs> he so, should have got a sign made. Really. Yes, if you're planning to fuck, go elsewhere. If only you want to die, please only stay. one type of stabbing will <laughs> happen. No. Um, no. We'll workshop that joke. We'll come back to it later. Um, only my knife may penetrate. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one kind of penetration happening here. Although that's reductive. There's lots of different ways to have sex. I mean, Abdominal. Um, hmm? He's going to stab him in the knife, with a, in the sternum with a knife. Anyways. Mm. There yeah. are lots of ways to have sex. It's true. So anyway, the, mo- the motel is a cesspool of sex and drugs. Okay, <laughs> so you know, was, yeah. he goes in and he's like, hey, this is drugs and sex. That's my Norman Bates, by the way. It needs some workshopping. Um, you're yeah, fired. He fires that mis- guy. It's a little gruff. It's a little Mr. Krabs. You, you, you could. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Norman yeah, Bates. <laughs> If, if, he, if it was Mr. Krabs, he'd be like, ah, yes, money, good job. <laughs> yeah, totally. He'd be on board. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Norman, Norman's like, no. And he fires him on the spot. Yeah. Just met the guy. Yeah. But uh, also, he's super He's a super sleazy dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so they have a little altercation. He, he, he tells Mary to go up uh, and wait at the house. It's unlocked. Yeah, you know, and, it's true. And Mary's like, are you, are you sure? <laughs> and he, he gives her the line... Do what just I do say. As I, just do as I say, okay? <laughs> Which is... But he says it in like a really friendly, like comforting way. Like, just just do as I say, okay? Yeah, but like, it's like, like, there's... No, like the, <laughs> the, the connotation is in no way helpful or friendly when... No, it it's not. But words. he definitely is adopting that tone of voice, you know? Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> and she obeys and like goes she, up to the house and then, yeah, he has a bit of an altercation. Well, yes, Matt, it was a different time. Uh, let's not. <laughs> He's uh so yeah, he fires him, um, and then offers for Mary to stay at his house. Yeah. Which at this point in the movie, I'm like, Mary should be way more freaked out by this super nervous, visibly sweaty older man mm-hmm. who wants you to stay in his mansion that he's staying in for the first time in many years. And it's like, mm, this is weird, but she stays. Um, and well, yes. And we, that and we, is we find out, we find out the reason why explained later in a bit, which yeah. I didn't expect. No, yeah, I didn't yeah. expect. Uh, but yeah, so he's, he's working at the diner and Mary's staying with him. Um, and we can start to get like Norman is is seeing some things. Yeah, first of all, when he first comes back to the house, he's like with the doctor. He sees someone in the window of yeah. his mother's room. Um, and is like, "Oh no, my mother!" But um, <laughs> he uh, yeah, just like <laughs> um, and then he starts like seeing notes. That's you know, like get that slut out of my house, or I'll kill her. Yeah. Signed. Your mother, I think, is how it was signed. Um, uh, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is okay. Um, and yeah, so he's like, he, he's, he's like, not totally sure of his sanity. And we're all like, okay, he's, he's clearly going nuts. He like, he like comes home at one point 
and hears, or he he straight up doesn't just see movement in the window. He sees a woman standing yeah. in the window of his mother's room. He's like, shit, and he's like freaking out. The shot's actually really good. I really like that sequence. And he mm-hmm. races up there to his mother's room. The whole mansion has been in total disuse for years with like, you know, uh, sheets thrown over everything because of dust and all that jazz. He gets to yeah. his mother's room and it's completely made up. It's like just the way it was. Yeah. And then there's another note on like the nightstand or like the vanity that's like, I'm going to kill that whore. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. And, and, uh, and when he was at the, uh, at the diner so yeah the whole time you think like you know is norman going insane or is you know someone trying to provoke him because when he's at the diner there's a a note that shows up on the uh ticket wheel for for meals right yeah that's from his mother and then he blames uh the dennis franz character that he fired the last night he's like he stuck a note on the thing he's trying to provoke me i just fired him last night and then they go and they check and he's like dude there's nothing here yep and like, oh, Norman's starting to lose it. And then again, you know, he, uh, uh, you know, goes into his mother's room and it's all made up, um, the way yeah. it was. And then he he goes into the attic and he blacks out. Uh, yeah, he he, goes he and, thinks he hears someone in the attic. He goes up there and then the yeah. door shuts behind him and is locked. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so like, like the room being like completely made up. I was like, okay, so Norman is just insane. Like, yeah. this doesn't make any rational sense he's going nuts and while he's locked in the attic um some kids come back to the mansion to fuck we learned earlier on um i can't remember who said it but i think it was the cop i think it was the like the chief of police chief of police who was like yeah, we had to get some kids out of the basement because they were fucking or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's like, you know, the neighborhood kids, you know, to get a little bit of a thrill, they they break into the old murder house and smoke weed and have sex in the basement kind of thing, right? Yeah, totally. So they like sneak in and uh, they're already high um, and they get out this really dirty, nasty bedroll for their dirty, nasty sex and they start making out and then they hear something and in the next room of the cellar they see the silhouette of a woman and the girl who's smart gets the fuck out climbs out yeah. the window immediately the dude um kind of like waits <laughs> for yeah. a bit until he clearly sees that she's approaching and has a knife and then he tries to leave doesn't leave in time he eats it he done gets stabbed quite a bit yes yep um and yeah so one of the things i noticed in this uh sequel is that it kind of this was 1983 so this would have been after friday the 13th not quite after halloween not quite around nightmare on elm street i think nightmare on elm street is 84 but the slasher movie has taken off since then you know we've had texas chainsaw halloween Mm -hmm. friday the 13th friday the 13th spawned a billion slasher ripoffs oh yeah you know you've got For pieces sure. you've got the burning you've got all these you know slumber party massacre all these kind of things sleepaway camp so uh this sort of i think that was part of what inspired uh, the psycho 2 thing it was like oh if we you know make a, a teen slasher movie we attach it you know to the you know the name of this you know one of the most famous movies of all time 
Alfred Hitchcock, you know, most famous directors of all time, we can make a quick buck. And so the murder sequences in this are definitely um, 80s slasher inspired, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, they they go a lot further than than Alfred Hitchcock could in the original Psycho. But Oh, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, so Norman Bates wakes up in the attic he had passed out and fallen asleep blacked yeah, I th- out i think he, he wakes up because mary is mary has just come home and is like calling for him yeah um and so she opens the the attic door and he's going oh i got i got locked in i got locked in and she's like well there's no key in the lock like it, it was it was totally open and he's yeah. like my mother's room there's someone in my mother's room and they go back to the room and it's got drop cloths hanging on it yep the, you know mattresses rolled up there's nothing there it's like, oh, Norman, you're losing your mind, bud. Yeah. Um, and so, like, at this point in the movie, I'm thinking, like, Norman is clearly insane. Yeah. Like, and he's insane and killing people because he's a psycho killer, which destroys the only, yeah, right, <laughs> which destroys <laughs> the only tension or mystery that's in the plot at all. And so it's at this point, I'm, I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm getting kind of bored. Uh, then the cops show up because the girl who ran away is like, my boyfriend died in the basement. Yeah. Um, and Norman is like, well, I, I, I can't have been me. And he, he starts to say, you know, like, oh, I got locked in the attic somehow in my mother's room and stuff. But then Mary immediately covers for him and says like, oh no, we were out. We were taking a walk in the fields. Yeah. Um, they're like, can we go see the basement? They go down there. The basement's been cleaned. Yeah. And he asked, like, uh, Norman, you've been cleaning down here? And Norman Norman says, honestly, like, I haven't been down here at all since I came back. And Mary's like, oh, I was cleaning down here. I just can't stand a messy house. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, all of that tension and mystery is back. So I'm like, why the fuck is Mary covering for him so immediately? Mm-hmm. And who cleaned the basement? And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm actually interested in this plot all of a sudden. Yeah, it it it, uh, it takes a turn. It's a nice way to go about it, right? Like, the 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 cheap way to do this sequel would be, okay, Norman's out of prison. He's still crazy. Still killing. That's, Don't take yeah. a shower. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Um, they even do a, a bait and switch where... Um, uh, Mary goes and takes a shower and you can see a POV of someone watching her through a peephole, uh, similar to how Norman watched, uh, Marion Crane in the first one. Mm. Um, and you're not, you're supposed to think, oh, maybe it's Norman. And then it's like, oh, maybe it's not Norman. Maybe it's someone else, you know? So, uh, yeah. So there's, there's an element of mystery. It's like, oh, is it Norman? Is it someone else? Like what's going on? Why is she covering for him? Is she in love with Norman? Like what the... The fuck's wrong mm-hmm. with her, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so she goes down to the motel for some reason. I don't remember why. Uh, and that's where she meets Lila Crane, who we find out is her mother. Plot twist. I didn't see it coming. No. And it turns out they have been uh, trying to get Norman to snap, to admit that he's you know, seeing his mother, he's hearing his mother's voice. So they've been, uh, they were the ones dressing as his mother and appearing in the window. Mm-hmm. They were the one writing the notes, writing um, the notes. They've been making which phone explains calls. how it happened at the diner. Cause Mary's there. 
Yeah, she could slip it in and out without anyone noticing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they were they've also been making phone calls. Uh, Lila Crane has been making phone calls to the house and talking to Norman uh, as his mother. Yep, and apparently they also went so far as to completely make up the room. Yeah, uh, lure him into the basement, and then she did actually lock him in the basement so that they attic. could then in the sorry in the attic. Yeah, yeah, um, so that they could then redo the room. Mm. Um, and it's like, oh, we're just like figuring all this stuff out, um, which is nuts. But then, like, the mystery is still there because, like, okay, so that that part, like, Norman isn't actually going insane, like I totally thought. He's being set up. He's being pushed over the edge. Mm-hmm. Who killed the kid in the basement? Well, that's just it, right? So she, she's, she's been getting closer and closer with Norman, and she's like, no, 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 I don't think he's capable of, of killing anyone. Um, yeah, and she wants her mom to like stop. Like this is yeah, she's like, we got to back up. I got this man. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think he's he's a danger anymore. I think he is actually cured, and we and like we're actually torturing this man, and mm-hmm. you know maybe that's the thing that. You know, if we continue to do this, you know, it could could end badly. But she's like, well, you know, yeah, we made up the room. We locked him in the basement or we locked him in the attic. We didn't go into the basement and kill a boy, (laughs) you know. So, like, what what the fuck's going on there? Um, So that, yeah, at that point, I was like, ooh, this is juicy. Um. Yeah, and like so, they they he's been like getting telephone calls from his mother. That's actually been Mary's mother, who's yeah. who I love. She's totally obsessed with getting Norman reincarcerated to the point yeah. where I was like, "Is she capable of murder? Like, did she kill a boy in his basement to try to get him framed?" But then, like, if she did, why would she have cleaned it up? And like, Mary's like trying to put a stop to this and saying like. And she straight up tells him, like, she comes clean. And it's like, me and my mother have been tricking you. It's not you. Like, it's us. Like, that's not your mother on the phone. That's my mother trying to trick you. And he starts saying, like, oh, no, like, this. And, like, the the shrink even, like, tries to help him. And, like, they dig up his mother. And, like, he looks at her corpse in the coffin. Yeah. And he's like, okay, she's dead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, the shrink, by the way, is play, uh, played by Rob, uh, Robert Logia, I believe is his name. What does it say on here? Sorry. Uh, yeah, Robert Logia, who uh, people might remember from... Uh, he's also been in a bunch of stuff, but he plays uh, Dick Laurent in Lost Highway, the David Lynch movie, if anyone's ever seen that. There's a lot mm-hmm. of cool character actors in this movie. Yeah. Like, like Dennis Franz and Meg Tilly and, and uh, Robert Logia, and I'm just like... Um, and there's some cool behind the scenes folks in this as well. Like, uh, did you notice who the composer was? Oh yeah. Jerry Goldsmith. It's another Jerry Goldsmith joint, baby. Yep. <laughs> uh, the, uh, director of photography was Dean Cundy. Oh, Dean Cundy. You probably would know him uh, best for being the cinematographer on a little movie called, uh, oh, I don't know. Jurassic Park. Oh boy. He also did like a bunch of John Carpenter movies. Like I think he was, yeah, he was the cinematographer on Halloween, uh, The Fog, Escape oh. from New York, Halloween Two, The Thing, Halloween Three, uh, all three Back to the Future movies, Big Trouble in Little China, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, 
Roadhouse. Oh. Hook, Death Becomes Her, Jurassic Park, The Flintstones, Casper, oh, Apollo 13, Flubber, Parent Trap, What Women Want, Looney Tunes jeez. Back in Action, Garfield. Like, the guy's... <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> the guy has been a very prolific... Yeah, no kidding. Uh, he, he, started with, he started with Jurassic Park and ended on Garfield, so he's clearly done a lot. <laughs> it, look, his after Apollo 13 and Flubber, his career kind of dipped a little bit, but... He's done some you amazing know. work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's you know, any one of those movies on someone's resume is like, oh, that's pretty impressive. But like, you know, dude's dude's done some good work. So, yeah. 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 That was one of those things where I'm like watching the credits. I'm like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> they got Goldsmith and Cundy. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, that, that was literally the only note I took was Richard Franklin, Dean Cundy, Jerry Goldsmith. <laughs> nice uh but yeah so um so he's going crazy the shrink is trying to help him um they dig up his mother which seems extreme but also like he's a psycho killer and he's problems solved so i guess it makes sense and so he sees her like yes my mother is dead yeah but he's like but like my mother calls me on the phone and they're like no your mother is dead and he's like no 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 mrs bates is dead my real it's my mother. real mother that's calling me on the phone. She's yeah. my real mother. And we're like, oh, fuck. Um, so at this point in the movie, we're like, okay. So like the plot twist was that it was Mary and Mary's crazy mother that were doing all this shit to Norman to make him go crazy. Uh, but they made him go crazy. Yeah. So now he's crazy again. Yeah. Um, and he's killing people? Maybe? Who knows? Maybe. Uh, yeah. And so, like, um, uh, yeah, so, like, the shrink, like, is trying to figure out who's been calling and suspects that it's uh, Lila, Lila Loomis. Yep. And follows her from her hotel in town, follows her, follows her to the Bates Motel. And we see her, like, sneak down through the back way, like, those classic double doors at an angle that, like, lead into the cellar. Oh, yeah, like, uh, storm storm doors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and she, yeah, like, lifts a um, piece of stone off the ground, and there is a knife and a wig and a dress. How she's been, like, dressing up as the mother. Uh, and then someone dressed up like the mother stabs her through the mouth. Yeah. And then, like, the shrink comes down there. She's gone. No sign of her. There's noticeably more coal stacked up in one of the corners of the room. Mm -hmm. And then Norman Bates comes down the stairs. He's like, oh, doctor, what are you what are you doing here? And I love this that he Jimmy Stewart now. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm just playing around with it. Trying to say doctor. What are you doing here? <laughs> I haven't killed anybody. That's good. I like that. It's not a bad Jimmy Stewart, is it? No. You're good at impressions. I'm not. <laughs> so let's just not point it out, eh? What did I you think you were God, Brandon? That's my favorite. It's my favorite Jimmy Stewart line from uh, Rope. What did you think you were God, Brandon? 
just get the that thought out. of like angrily yelling the name Brandon at someone is like Brandon. It's like not a yeah. <laughs> that is a good name. Yeah. Anyway, so he's like, Hey, what you doing down here, Shrank? Um and he just is totally honest. I love it. He's like, Hey, I've followed Lila Loomis like from the hotel to here. She came down here. I don't see her anywhere. I don't know what's going on, but I'm a hundred percent sure. Cause like, look, here's the, like the outfit underneath this fake rock. Like she's definitely the one who's been fucking with you. Yeah. Um, and he's like, Oh, that's great. Uh, but, uh, you know, my other mother is still calling me on the phone and the drink's like, well, fuck. Um, <laughs> and he, 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 he basically is like, Hey, if I can prove it, if I can give you proof that, Lila and Mary Loomis are the ones calling you, then, like, will you accept that your mother's dead? And he's like, well, yes, of course. <laughs> I'd be happy to accept that my mother's dead. <laughs> yes. Money penny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I so then... This. I can't wait to see where it goes next. Oh, boy. Yeah. Walking. What a roller coaster. <laughs> you know... <laughs> You could come up to the house and could make <laughs> milk and sandwiches. That's a weird combo. It's like white bread with just bologna and a glass of milk. That sounds horrible. It's like the first thing he feeds Mary. It's, ugh. Anyway. And there, were, there wasn't any food in the house. He bought those groceries. <laughs> yeah. Like he made, uh, anyway. Yeah. So then, yeah. So then we're at, we're at the point now where the crazy mother's dead. So she wasn't the murderer. Mary's probably not the murderer because she cares about Norman and wouldn't go that far. Norman's going insane. Is he actually the murderer? And the shrink is trying to figure out who's been fucking with Norman so that he can prove it. And so um, unbeknownst to the audience at the time, the shrink is like hiding in the house. Yeah. And then Norman gets a phone call from his other mother. And it's all like, yes, mother. Oh, I know you're the only one who loves me, mother. Oh, Mary, I couldn't possibly kill her, mother. I've just. What are my lucky charms? <laughs> oh, tiddly he, potatoes. I don't want to kill Mary. She's so nice to me, mother. And Mary's like, "Your mother's dead. That's my mother on the phone. You gotta stop." And she like goes down to the basement, gets the outfit, dresses up like his mother, and comes up and is like, "I'm your mother. See, look, I'm your mother." hang up that phone you hang up that phone this instant and he's just like still talking to his other mother and she goes up to the other phone upstairs and picks it up and it's like this is your mother speaking hang up the phone right now can you hear me and then like she can just see like the like norman's butt and part of his pant leg from around the corner down the stairs and he slowly slips out of frame and he's and she's like norman can you hear me norman and there's like total tension when she's like, oh no, like, am I about to die? Is Norman going to fucking kill me because he's going insane? And she has the knife as part of the costume. And then she gets grabbed from behind. It's the shrink who was hiding in one of the rooms and is yep. like, gotcha, because he's like, Haha, I have proof. You're on the phone. I heard you pretending to be the mother, which she was doing. Of course, she turns around and fucking stabs him. Yeah, by mistake. Yeah, totally. It's a it's a reaction, you know. She's a little bit of self defense, kind of. She's got grabbed from behind. She's in the house with a guy who's a psycho killer who's going insane. 
Casca same. Uh, she stabs him, and then he falls over the banister, uh, lands on the railing below, pushing the knife even further into his yeah. chest. He falls <laughs> knife first. <laughs> yeah. So a much better stair fall than the one in Psycho One. Uh, yep. yep. Um, I mean, there's some there's some clear dummy work there, but it still looks way better. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah. So that he's from, fucking dead, and then Norman, she, she's she like looking down the stairs at his knifed corpse, and then Norman like steps into view and like looks up. Um, and she's still like dressed as his mother, and and he's all like, "Oh, it'll be okay, mother. Like I'll protect you. I'll cover for you as I always do." Um, it's kind of your yeah. a bit there, um. Okay, mother. It's fine. <laughs> I'll cover for your murder, I guess. And and she's like obviously freaked out. She's going nuts and like trying to get him to stay away because she's afraid that he's gonna kill her. And he's like all crazy, thinking that she's the mother. And she's like, "I'll clean up the body. Like I'll protect you and everything." And she's like trying to get him to go away. And she stabs him, gets him like in the gut. And then he's like holding up his hands. He, she stabs him in. In both hands, like yeah, both of his hands done get stabbed. Got some stigmata action going on. Yep, it's, <laughs> um, and so like she's like weeping and like just taking off the wig and like breaks open the the um dress. She's still wearing her normal clothes underneath and is like, "I'm not your mother. Like I'm Mary. Like remember me." And he's just like, "It's okay, mother. It's okay." And she's like stabbing him a bit to get back, and it's all going crazy, and like the tension is rising. And eventually, he like hugs her legs or something, and it's like, "It's okay, mother." And she freaks out, and she raises up the knife to like go ahead and just fucking kill him. Cops bust in and are like, yeah. "Put down the knife!" Boom, blow her away. Yeah. Um, which was intense. That was, yeah, a, it was. a really twisted and sad and intense sequence um and then based on all of the evidence like lila and mary loomis were fucking with norman bates there's someone at the hotel who overheard lila and her daughter having a fight about stopping and mary said like if you come near the house again you'll regret it Mm -hmm. they find norman defenseless stabbed a bunch of times and mary with a knife trying to kill him and they yeah. shoot her i feel like they like, i guess she was about to stab him but like yeah it, they, it was they come very in, quick <laughs> they come in right as she raises the knife above her head and so it's like oh shit we gotta yeah you know. and so they blast her it it seemed quick but also like i don't know that she was clearly gonna kill him and yeah. then they find her mother there underneath that pile of coal um mm-hmm also dead and they're like okay so mary clearly went crazy and killed everyone and norman's totally fine yep he was the victim yeah and then and then the movie's not quite over yet yeah there's a bit of a denouement if you will a or denouement and like denouement, denouement. <laughs> if, if you're from quebec uh yeah denouement where he comes uh you know he gets released from the police station they're like all right norman you're all clear these people were fucking with you sorry we doubted you mate but you know you get it 
<laughs> yeah, you, you get like, it. You killed those people. You remember. You murdered like seven women. You get why we can't really trust you. And he's like, yeah, no, it's all right. I get it. It's fine. We Gucci. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Direct, direct quote. Um, <laughs> oh, it's okay, cops. Don't worry about it. We're all good here. No, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm Norman <It's> a- Bates. <laughs> Psycho, but with Kermit the Frog as Norman Bates. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I would totally boy's watch best that. Fr- boy's best friend is his mother. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Dude, uh, this is a Patreon bonus episode idea I had where we take movies and, and recast them with Muppets. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. I You're like allowed it. to leave one human actor. Like, you can have your Michael Caine as right. Scrooge, but then everyone else has to be. Yeah. Be uh, anyways, <laughs> and you have to make the exact <laughs> same script. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> anyways, so he, he goes back to the house and... Who shows up but the little old lady that he met at the on his first day at the diner? Yeah, she was like working uh, there, right? Working uh, the yeah, she was working there, Mrs. Spool or something like that. Um, what's her name here? Uh, Emma, Emma something. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's he's back. He's Emma like, Spool. He's like making food in his. Excuse me, making food in his kitchen, and then we see like an old woman walking up towards the Bates house, and we're like, "What the fuck now?" Uh-oh. And she just like comes up to the outside door of the kitchen and knocks, and Norman opens it up. There's like a place set for her, and she just walks on in, and they're being all kind of cool about it. I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" And then it's like. Oh, he he was being called by his real mother. Yeah. That's her. Yeah, turns out uh, Bates was the married name of Norman's mother. Um, her real last name was Spool, and Emma was her sister. And she got pregnant out of wedlock and couldn't take care of the baby. So she gave it to Norma. Mm-hmm. And that's... Uh, yeah, that's that's where Norman came about. So uh, it turns out that uh, she is his real mother. And then uh, he offers to make her some tea, and she's like, oh, that would be wonderful. And he grabs a shovel and bashes her in the head. Yep. And Completely like shattering the chair that she was in, too. Yeah. And carries her body upstairs, and you can hear... Uh, the Mrs. Bates voice speaking to Norman as he carries her upstairs, like, put me in my chair, Norman. He's like, yes, mother. And so it's like, oh. Face me near the window so I can watch you and make sure that you don't fuck anyone. Yeah. Which, if he's real smart, he just fuck people in the backyard. Yeah. No, no window. Loophole. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. anyways. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so the, it's, <laughs> the twist is weird. Yes, I still haven't been able to figure out how I feel about it, because, like, the first twist, which was that he wasn't insane, was great, yeah. but then he was also still going insane, Yeah. Um, which well, I think, furthered I think the, the plot. Yeah, so I think the idea is that, like, 
at the beginning of the movie, he's fine. He's been cleared. Then they fuck with him a bunch, which starts to, like, break down his mental state to the point where he's like, oh, fuck, I'm going insane. And then, uh, you know, once he finds out, uh, you know, that this is his real mother and everything like that, then he's like, cool, I need to kill you now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but like... So I think it's like, it's... I don't know if it's a self-fulfilling prophecy or not, but it, it is it is a little bit of like that snake eating its tail. Ouroboros. Yeah, where it's just like, it's like he would have been fine if no one fucked with him. Hmm. Uh, and then they were fucking with him to try and get him recommitted, but the fucking with him, you know, to admit that he was seeing things like I, I don't think I don't think Lila and Mary wanted him to kill anybody. No, I I just think they wanted him to question his mental state, because then he would tell the psychiatrist like I've been seeing my mother and hearing my mother and getting notes and like I you know exactly, and then Mary could be there to testify like yeah the bedroom was uh you know it it, it was still had the the dusty drop and covered all yeah. over yeah no it wasn't made up at all, um, and so yeah I think like. I, I don't think they were trying to get him to, to go crazy or anything like that. They just wanted him to admit that he was going crazy and then she could use her testimony to try and get him recommitted. Um, but then that, in effect, did trigger something in his mind that actually made him go crazy. And then the, I think the final straw was that, uh, you know, he finds out his real mother. The only thing I don't like about the twist is that there's, like, zero evidence of it. Of, like, him having a different mother? Yeah, it's just it's just dropped in that final you meet her at the beginning when he goes to the diner, she's not in the rest of the movie. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, obviously she's the one who was watching Mary through the painting. Um yep. she's the one who kills the kid in the basement. She's the one who kills the kid in the basement and she kills, kills Lila, Lila Loomis. Crane. Uh yeah. Um So she's around, but there's like no you could never figure it out as an audience member, you know. Yeah. There was like, no way like that a, we could like have a, guessed that. Yeah. I like a mystery that's so well constructed that at the end you can be surprised by it, but if you like really think hard and put the clue try to put all the clues together yourself, you could figure it out. I think that's yeah. the best that's the best way to do a locked door mystery, right? Um it's it's the Agatha Christie model, right? Mm-hmm. She does it the best. You know, Knives Out is a great example of that. <sighs> yep. Genius. Um so that's that's the kind of the one complaint I have about the way the movie ends. It's just like, here's one final scene where I will show up and explain to you what happened. Like, I even had to take a second to be like, is that the woman from the diner? Yeah, I also had to have that moment. I was like, it has like, to went, be, right? <laughs> went back and checked later. I'm like, oh, yeah, it is that woman. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, ratings. Ratings. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't know. Um, because, like, at first I was like, okay, this is kind of whatever it's probably gonna be boring he's just crazy and killing people and then there was that twist and i was like "Ooh, i'm interested i'm engaged and it spirals and he does go insane and then everyone dies and it's intense and i was like that was cool and then that extra twist right at the end which was just not earned at all it's just like oh he does have a different mother who is also a psycho who was the one killing the people norman hasn't killed anyone at this point 
And then Norman, who has now gone back to being completely insane, kills her so that he can have the same relationship with his real mother as he did with his old mother, which is that she's dead and he take cares takes care of her and and then it was just like i don't i don't they just i feel like they just kind of threw that in so that it would be like kind of right back to square one right like now he's just he's just norman bates again because he went all crazy and, and then he killed his mother but like the whole yeah i don't know though parts of this movie were so interesting there was like really good mystery elements and then but like the, the ending is just made me feel really weird. <laughs> yeah. No, it it's I know what you mean. It's it's strange. Um yeah. overall though, I don't think it's a bad movie. Um do you want me to tell you the rotten tomatoes first? Maybe that'll help you. Uh well I should try to guess it, right? Oh yes, yeah. That's normally what we do. Um that normally what we do. Did it get I'm gonna I'm gonna guess fifty six. Pretty close. It's sixty percent. Oh, I was very close. Oh. Yeah. Sixty, really okay, good. okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. not it's not it's not that bad. It wasn't great. No. Um some of the acting was well, terrible, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um I it's not I don't think I can say it's one big pile of shit. Like I would not I would not feel comfortable putting this in the same category as say Hollow Man. Or... I knew you were gonna say Hollow Man. <laughs> it's our go to shit movie. <laughs> it's so bad. Or or even like um like what's another thing that we watch that's app like for Forbidden World or any oh. of those absolutely garbage trash movies that we've watched on this show. You know Somewhere somewhere I have a note of all of the bad movies. Um that we've watched even what what did we watch last month resident evil apocalypse like mm-hmm. i would way rather watch uh this movie again than watch you know resident evil apocalypse or the battlestar galactica movie or reindeer games you know well maybe not reindeer games actually i went <laughs> i mean it's pretty bad but i can't remember what we gave it anyways so I think I think I have to go Breakfast Club fist bump. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm I think I'm there with you. I think it's it's a low Breakfast Club fist bump, which I know we've done before. It's not above yeah, the head, it's, but it's, it's a like chest height. Yeah, chest height. It's kind of like yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Like yeah, I didn't I didn't hate watching this movie. We've we've watched some real ooh some real bad ones. Yeah. Um, but even then, I'm looking at I'm looking at some of our our one big pile of shit movies, and I'm like, some of these, some of these I think on fondly because they were so bad. <laughs> maybe we need to maybe we need to do a, spe- need to do a, a special a special yeah. where we need to do our yeah, we need to go over these again. Hmm. For sure, hmm. I'd be but down yeah. for that. 100%. Other other Breakfast Club fist pump movies are like. Roadhouse, BMX Bandits, obviously yes. Night, uh, the 1998 Godzilla. Um, we gave that a Breakfast Club fist bump. Yeah, we did. It was it was just fun. <laughs> Not a craptacular. No. Oh, I might revisit that one. <laughs> yeah, fair. I'd have to uh, listen back to that episode. I want to know what we said now. 
Yeah, I also want to listen. Jurassic Park 3 is on the Breakfast Club fist pump. Ooh. That's we we bold, need to do a retroactive. <laughs> we need to do a retrocrapular yeah. retroactive. I feel like there's a lot of times where we're doing this where we like talk ourselves into liking the movie. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. we're not like we don't feel like we've wasted our own time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which like we Did kinda... we just do that just now? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Mm, I don't okay. think so. Honestly, um you because like even when I ended the movie, like as I was watching the movie, I was enjoying it, and I was like, that's "Oh, true. this is good. This is probably gonna be a this is probably gonna be a fist bump." And then the ending happened. And I was like, "Oh, that's strange. It's not. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Like, I, I wonder what would happen if I, you know, if they didn't add the the denouement to that scene where it's just like, you know, they they kill Mary." And then and he then just there's... he just goes home and he's just insane and he pretends to talk to his real mother that doesn't exist. Like, is that more satisfying? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like I feel like there's a way you could set it up where it's like you don't know if it was Norman or if it was Mary that was committing the murders at the in the end. Yeah, honestly, like I you wonder, know? I wonder if it would have been more satisfying if Norman who at this point in the movie had already gone crazy was the one who killed Lila Loomis, which would have just mm. been more poignant. She was trying to get him locked up so that he wouldn't kill anybody else. And, and she's like, yeah, his victim. And then instead of being like the whole, Oh, well you have a real mother that you're going to kill right away. It just cuts back to her. And he's like using Lila Loomis's corpse dressed like his mother. Yeah, Maybe. Uh, yeah, I think I think there's a way you can get this movie to be, you know, maybe a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> maybe an 80% where it's just like Ooh, that's, ooh, that's pretty high. It's like, no, know. you know what? Yeah, this that, that is pretty good. And I, I think it just it just revolves around that that second or third twist at the end. Mhm. Um where it's like, "Oh, actually it was his real mother all along. Here's an exposition scene uh and bang, you're dead." it's like that that to me is just a little unsatisfying so i I, like yeah like i said i think there's a way you can kind of tweak the script to be like 90 percent the same and then just tweak that last little 10 percent to either have it be like you just straight up don't know if it was mary or if it was um norman you know like maybe you could do a thing where it's like oh it it, it was mary and she was in love with norman and that's why she killed her mother because her mother was like fucking with norman um and she killed her mother to so that they could be together yeah also maybe it was norman maybe he did black out in the attic and go you know stab teens in the basement and stuff like that and, and and killed lila loomis and then he uses her as as his new mother corpse yeah i think i think that was that was that was the big thing is that like is it Norman? Is it Mary? Is it Lila? Like you can kind of justify any of them being the one who's killing all these people. And then it was none of them. It was Agatha all along. (laughs) Yeah. Except it'd be like if Agatha Harkness wasn't in the entire show and then she just showed up in episode six of WandaVision and was like, Hey, I've been doing magic off screen. (laughs) Yeah. Who are you? You (laughs) Yep. That's that's kind of what it was. It's like, oh, it was 
your real mother all along. Yeah. Fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess yeah, it's not terrible, but really low, unenthusiastic Breakfast Club fist pump. Yeah. Kind of, kind of breaking our own rules on that one, but you know, whatever. We've done it before, and we'll do it again. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, th- that was Psycho Two. This is episode two of our super spooky summer trilogy. Uh, we did Resident Evil last month, obviously Psycho Two this month because you just listened to it. <laughs> and <laughs> did you, you did you pick this movie for this one? Um, intentionally? No. Because earlier today, before we were recording, I was thinking, hey, this is going to be the last episode that we do apart because I'm moving back to BC. Before we left, the last episode that we did together was Was Psycho Psycho 4. Oh, shit. You didn't do that intentionally? I did not do that intentionally. but. Ooh, serendipity. It is a little serendipitous. Uh, anyways, join us next month for the final uh, film in our series of uh, the super spooky summer, which is Jason Ooh. Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. Um, which was not the final Jason movie. No, they made like <laughs> three more after that. Um, so, fucking cool, man. Uh, but it is... <laughs> It is a weird one. Mm-hmm. It's the one where they. Well, I don't. We'll get into it. Yeah, but... yeah. We'll, we'll do that next month. Yeah, we'll do it next month. It, it'll, it'll be all good. Um, <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube or if you follow us on Instagram at RetroCrapPod, little plug there. Uh, you will see some cool artwork for this episode that uh, my partner Tanisha made for uh, this little mini series. She's done a little cartoons. So, so this good. one she. Did this awesome cartoon of uh, Matt as Norman Bates and <laughs> me as Marion Crane. <laughs> so good. <laughs> getting, getting stabbed in the shower uh, in the style of The Simpsons. So, uh, yeah, so so that's uh, thank you so much to her for that. Um, I'll ask her if she wants me to like put her Instagram up or something. I can tag it in the show notes if people want to check out. She. Mm-hmm. Posts she posts sometimes posts her art on there. Not she doesn't yeah, have like a dedicated art page or anything like that. But yeah, yeah, if she wants, uh, she takes commissions. If you want like a tattoo design, oh sweet, yeah. Um, anyways, so we're thinking because uh, she did this one and then she did one for the the next one. I got to her a little a little late on um on the first one. I was like, ah, just draw like a picture of us looking scared. So she did like a little cartoon of us in like the style of Scott Pilgrim a little bit looking. And scared. I I love it. It was, so yeah, it's great it's great but uh for this one i was like no no no, let's go more specific like it would have been you know way better if she had drawn us like as like i don't know mila jovovich and uh sienna gilroy <laughs> 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 for resident evil or something like that but one of us only has one pant leg yeah but you know whatever it worked uh so yeah she did a, a fun one for jason goes to hell too so stick around for there for that i'm excited that i'm excited out. i haven't seen it that one will be out we have to try real hard to make sure we record on time because there is a friday the 13th in august which is specifically why i chose that so i want that episode Ooh, to come so out we need to record like beginning of august make sure we have it out on yeah. friday the 13th okay i gotcha yeah, i gotcha for sure 
just a little behind the scenes scheduling there for the audience. I might cut it out. Who knows? Or or maybe not. Um, yeah. I mean, so you're listening to us jabber anyway. I mean, <laughs> we can't end the show to save our lives. So uh, <laughs> we are throwing around the idea of turning those into T-shirts. So if you would like a T-shirt based on on either of these designs, uh, oh, I mean, you haven't seen the the next one yet, but I would. Uh, yeah. I would I would absolutely do that. We'll we'll probably do it on like T Public or something like that, mm. so that it doesn't actually, you know, cost us anything. Uh, we'll do like a print on demand thing, but yeah, uh, just an idea we've got. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, other than that, you can reach us on all of the socials at Retro Crap Pod. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have a Patreon, uh, Patreon.com/slash/RetroCrapPod, where you can get awesome, exclusive things like commentary tracks bonus episodes uh th- an in-depth two. expose on nipple play <laughs> coming soon <laughs> uh that'll be the the christmas 2021 <laughs> bonus episode just us talking about nipple play why it's like one why of our longest running jokes we started talking about good? that in episode nine <laughs> yeah yeah and here we are five years come, later still talking so about far. it Love it. Uh, we have uh, an email address, uh, re- uh, retrocrappod at gmail.com. If you want to email in some fun facts or something. Uh, didn't didn't uh, have any emails in the in the bin this week. Um, we did have some very angry YouTube comments, again, in Spanish, though. So, uh, sorry. <laughs> was that on the Hollow uh, Man video? Or? <laughs> no, this one was on the Razorback episode. Oh, yeah. Another one that's often commented on for... Yeah. Also, some guy's just been getting real aggro with me on the um, uh, the Ewoks episode. Um, mm, that's fun. I'm I'm not gonna bother pulling it up. Basically, uh, I had put up the poster for the uh, as like you know the artwork, mm-hmm. and there's like a picture of like a guy that looks like Han Solo with like a laser gun, and I'm yeah. like. He's not in the movie. Also, these <laughs> snowy mountains aren't in the movie. And some some guy tried to like um actually me, but it's like the worst um actually ever, where he's like um actually that's her brother, and he dies in the first scene. I'm like, well, first of all, he doesn't wear that outfit, and that looks nothing like her brother. <laughs> um, he's like, I've seen this movie six thousand times, and I think I would know. And I'm like, dude, that is I know I know you're trying to um actually write me right now and like one up me, but that is like the worst brag you could ever possibly make. <laughs> You've seen Ewoks the Battle for Endor six thousand times. Like, That's fuck not man, good. get a life. That's not uh, good. So I, I I made some comment about like, oh hey man, so I'd love to stay and argue with you, but I'm sure you got things to do, like watch Battle for Endor for the six thousand and one, you know, six thousand and first time. Uh, and then he commented back, oh, 6,003, actually, dumbass. Ooh, so anyways. That's a scathing that was, retort. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the internet the internet is a great place, and I love YouTube. So. Um, Good times. I'm so glad yeah. I'm not the one who reads those. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Like I I don't take it I don't take it personally at all. I know the podcast is stupid. Um Yeah, we know what we're doing here. If you're still yeah. here listening to this, we understand that you're probably yeah. either not listening to it and it's going on in the background or you Well, no, I feel like if you've made it to this point, you're on board. <laughs> you, yeah. you you also know you're also in on the joke. <laughs> it's you know, it's oh. everyone else who 
clearly thinks that our channel is a channel for illegally watching movies. Nope. It's not. Um, there are bots that will post links to illegally watching movie websites uh, mm-hmm. in the comments on all of our videos. So if you do want to watch movies illegally, by all means, go. Um, but yeah, that that I found very funny. This guy tried to like, um, you know, tried to call me out by stating that he had seen battle for endor over six thousand times and it's like dude you, you gotta brag about something else that's not that's not where you flex <laughs> you should just reply your salt sustains me <laughs> i will that's a good one that's a good one i think i just sent him like a winky emoji or something like that that's also a great retort which mean like wink <laughs> yeah or like the kissy wink emoji something like that mm, also a good one yeah so Anyways, um, if you do want to post a salty comment on our YouTube channel, like, fucking please do it. I love it. I love reading them. They make me happy. Um, if we could start, if we could get to the point where people are doing it ironically, oh, I would love, I would love I, that. My goal for this podcast is that someone leaves a really, really scathing review on like YouTube or, or on iTunes or something, but it's still five stars. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you do like the show, um and you want to leave a review, consider making it mean. Uh, we don't care as long as it's five stars. <laughs> uh, alternately, if you hate the show and you want to tell us to go fuck ourselves, why there's, not just click, there's click a space five stars for you anyways. on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, a space for you on YouTube. You could also do it on iTunes. Just make sure it's five stars. We don't care. Yeah. It really helps the show. Tell a friend. Tell your mom. Uh, you know, uh, borrow their phone and, and just download every episode of the podcast onto their phone when they go to the bathroom at the bar. Because you can go to the bar now. Bars are open. Oh, Nature crazy. is healing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's all the things. I think so, yeah. Yeah, we'll be back next month uh, on Friday the 13th. Look out for it. Jason Goes to Hell the final Friday. One of the weirdest, weirdest sequels in that franchise. And fuck, there's some weird ones, but that one... Might take the cake. Looking forward uh, to it. So. Oh, fuck me too, bud. So yeah, that was it. Um, really enjoyed talking Psycho 2 with you, man. This was mm. a this was a fun one. I don't know if it was like funny, but I, I it was like... We actually had a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we really we needed to break like this film. movie down and figure it out. <laughs> yeah. We had like a, a film analysis discussion, which I don't have very often. So that's, that's fun. Usually it's just like, oh God, why did we watch it? <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Uh, anyways, check out Psycho 2 if you feel so inclined. And until next time, I'll keep watching crap. Ar-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-d